This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Hey everybody, before we get started, I want to give a huge shout out to our sponsor, Sportsman's Guide. Check out a link in the description below. Hey guys, welcome back to the Survival Show Podcast. I'm producer Ben. And before we get into today's Manly Musings segment, let me just remind you to hit that subscribe button. That way, you never miss any of our segments or shows. As you listen today, I hope this segment gives you some great food for thought to chew on for your day ahead. All right, let's get into it. Here's the man, the myth, the legend, Master Craig. Hey, everybody, this is Craig Cottle, director of Nature Blind School and co-host of the Survival Show podcast, coming to you today for another episode of Manly Musings, my little solo foray into uh, maybe more mental and mindset type stuff on how to handle ourselves for survival situations. So yeah, glad to be with you again today. Looks like we'll be getting David back next week sometime soon, it sounds like, so looking forward to that. One of the things that we've been talking about as of late, particularly on these manly musings, is this idea of skill development alongside your mindset development. We spent a great deal of time discussing mindset, and again, this puzzle I like to refer to it as a puzzle. This puzzle of survival is mindset, skills, tactics, and gear. In each one of those things, one more time, mindset, skills, tactics, and gear is a puzzle piece. And so each of those four things is vitally important to your development to be able to handle survival situations. We've talked a lot about mindset. And what I wanted to begin talking about is more skill set development. But as we do, there's a mindset on how to go about doing it so that you're doing it right from my perspective. So that's what I want to share today. You may notice that I have a bit of a cold, so I apologize for that. Fortunately, one of the beautiful things about podcast instruction is that you're not going to get my cold. So if I sound a little bit under the weather, it's because I'm a little bit under the weather. One of the things that comes up as as me, as owner and, and uh, lead instructor, if you will, of Nature Reliance School is we're literally in the business of teaching people survival, uh, tracking, navigation, and all the things that we teach, a host of different things, disaster readiness, whatever it might be. And when I say that we're in the business, what I mean is we do charge money for our coursework. But if you get entrenched with us, if you come to class, you'll you'll understand real quick like that we're more of a tribe and not much of a, a business relationship with our students. So uh, our students easily and regularly will attest to that. Same for us here on the Survival Show podcast. Our goal is to help you be better prepared for survival or disaster-related events. Not necessarily because it's just work, but it's just that's why we are doing this, because we feel it's very vital and important that we be able to do this. But I should say, online learning has its limits. Whether you're watching YouTube videos or you're listening to this podcast, it has some limits. And I want to help you increase your ability to learn on your own, whether you come to a class with Nature Reliance School or not, or whether you listen to a podcast or not, I want to give you some goals that will help you learn. And you can obviously apply the things that we talk about here on the podcast. You can obviously watch 
uh, David's YouTube channel, my t- YouTube channel. And obviously, we'd love to have you in a class, pick up my books, any of my books, all that stuff. But I also want to make sure that I help you as an individual, you on your own, where you are. You don't have to meet up with anybody else to help you develop your skill set, not just your mindset, but your skill set. What I mean by that is I'm going to, I'm going to share about five points with you. I think I've got five listed here that I've typed up so I can share them with you and make sure I stay on track. But the first of these is important in that you have to be realistic. Let's say for example, that you want to build up on your shelter building skills. You know that shelter is not something that you're very good at, whether it is, Hey, you recognize your house is not a good place to be for a tornado or you don't really have what you need when you go on a backpacking trip in case you have to spend the night out. So don't go out maybe with a book in hand, for example, and build a hundred different shelters. That's not the way to go about doing it. You need to be realistic because if you go out and you build a hundred different shelters, what's going to happen is that you're probably not going to be able to remember how to do any of them right. So, Make sure you're setting real SMART goals. And this is an acronym I got many, many years ago, this acronym of SMART goals. And the acronym goes like this. S is specific. M is measurable. A is attainable. R is relevant. And T is time-bound. So when you're setting these goals, let's let's go back to this idea of building shelters. You want to learn how to build shelters in a wilderness situation better. So... Let's say we pick out three out of the hundred that you have access to, whether it's in a book or you've watched a video on YouTube or whatever, the way you need to get better at your skills, you need to go out and build those three, have those three ready in your mind, take whatever resource you need to sit on the ground next to you so that you build that shelter properly. And that way, again, it's very specific. You have these three. It's very measurable. Again, there's three of them that you're going to build. It's attainable. You can actually get those three done and probably get them done well. It's relevant to wilderness survival for sure. And you can even set a list of these things up, for example, and this is what it means by T and this SMART acronym of Timebound, is you can set these up on a schedule. Like by the end of April, for example, I'm going to know how to build three new shelters, a new way of Uh, purifying water, and I'm going to learn at least one new edible plant. So what this does is it helps you develop skill-building goals that have concrete steps for you to achieve them. And it has all the, uh, the time and your abilities are taken into account when you do this. Another example would be, let's say you have a good grasp, let's say, well, let's say you don't have a good grasp on the difference between what a water filter is versus a water purifier. There are huge differences in the two if you're not aware of that. So if you don't know what the differences are, then take the time to go through the SMART acronym again. That acronym is Specific, Measurable, Attainable, Relevant, and Time-Bound. That way you can pick out maybe one water cleaning device Go through it, study it, figure out if it's, a, if it's a filter, whether it's a purifier, and that way you know how to more efficiently and safely use it for your needs. So that's number one, be realistic and use that smart, use that smart acronym. Number two is focus on quality over quantity. I've kind of alluded to this a little bit, 
but it would be a whole lot better for you to make a little progress on, let's say, for example, 10 skills. That's nice if you have 10 skills and you want to get better at them. But wouldn't it be rather if you made tons of progress on two individual skills rather than those 10? Kind of goes back to that that mindset of uh, how many shelters you want to build. Not 100, but three. You know, If you have some skills that you want to develop, pick out two. If you're going to go out one day, don't feel like you had to go out and build the shelter, find edible plants, clean the water, build fires and all that good stuff. You know, go out and focus on one aspect of all that. And that way you can pick a few areas that you really want to dig into with what time you had available. Time is the same for all of us. We all have the same amount of time. It's just how do we allot it appropriately and how much other demands are on our time. For example, a person, a couple that has two young children doesn't have as much time as I do, for example, because now my children are grown. So you've got to take into account, hey, can I figure out a way to spend time with my kids and still study my survival training? Absolutely. I'm telling you for a fact. I, I grew up or my kids grew up doing it. I would figure out a way to make going out and spending time in the woods and doing wilderness survival fun. That way I could do it actually with my children and in the time and the season of life in which my kids were little and, and it wasn't good for me to be away from them that much. Now, we accent this a lot when it comes to tracking and, and traps and edible plants, for example. You know, if as far as, let's say you want to go into an area and identify everything that you see. I want to know what that tree is, what that plant is, what the, is that edible, can I eat that, what kind of track is that, and all those sorts of things. Is it a good way of going about doing it? No, it's not. Because again, there's too much information overload that's going to happen in that particular type of situation. And there's no way you're going to be able to retain the information when you do that. So go into an area, for example, let's talk about edible plants. Let's go into that area, pick out two plants and figure out what they are. Another way of doing it for edible plants is to just at your home, look at your book that you, let's say you have a resource and I'll tell you what my resources are for, for uh, edible plants in just a moment. But let's say that you have a resource that you like, you look at it and the area shows that uh, it is grows in, in the area in which you live and you study and you see, Hey, it likes to grow near water. It likes shaded areas rather than a lot of sun. And it likes, um, flowing water instead of standing water and on and on and on. You find all these things and then you in your mind go, okay, I know a place like that. I'm going to go there. And so then you go there. You take your resource, your book, your app, whatever it might be, and you study that plant. And that way you develop a more in-depth way of studying than you would if you just went into an area and just looked at everything and tried to identify it. I'm not saying that you can't do that. You can do that, obviously. But if you really want to retain skills so that you can reuse them, then you need to be focused in on a couple of things here and there rather than a bunch. Same thing goes for tracks. You know, tracks, you know, instead of, hey, going to a track trap where there's a, you know, there's a muddy section of road and you see 20 different tracks and try to study all of them. There's a time for that. I'm not saying there's not a time for that, but there's also a lot of time that should be dedicated to finding a set of tracks and continue to follow them outside of that track trap and see what you can do with them. See if you can track that animal from how it got to that track trap, where it went to after it left the track trap and focus on one individual animal 
again, there's a time for both. And so you don't want to uh, remove yourself from both types of practice. And, and I like to introduce people focusing on one topic. So I mentioned my books, the three books that we like to share, my wife and I, because we teach a lot of edible medicinal plants. The first one, and I'll make sure I have the links for these down in the description below. But the books are Identifying and Harvesting Edible Wild Plants by Steve Brill. Number two is Any of the Peterson Guides that Fit Your Region. And number three is Botany in the Day by Thomas Apple. So uh, check out any of those uh, books if you're interested in edible plants and you want to begin your study. Um, and, and one thing as far as a story from my own life about how to apply this, there was a about three years ago, I got it in my head that I really want to study turkey tracks. And so I started studying every turkey track that I would come across. I would sketch it. I would take pictures of it. I would try to figure out where it had come from, where it was going. And when I started spending a lot of time sketching tracks, particularly those that had stepped down into mud where there was a real good capture of a track, I noticed that there was a, a pattern to basically the foot pads. And that foot pad pattern was very distinct for each individual bird. I mean, it was, it was almost like a fingerprint. And so I got to the point where certain things that I'd recognized in one track, I might see on another area, you know, 400 yards away and realize, Hey, this Turkey had been here too, because Hey, it's got this real distinct piece of information on that particular track that came out of focused study on a set of tracks. So that's our first two. The first one's be realistic. Remember the SMART acronym, Specific, Measurable, Attainable, Relevant, and Time-Bound. Number two is focus on quality over quantity. And the third of the five is focus on process over the end result. So let's say that your plan to get better at survival looks something like this. You need to get better at edible plants. You need to develop your leadership skills with your family, and you need to get in better shape. Okay. If that are your goals then you're probably not going to achieve them. You need to be more specific on what those, what those, those are basically the end results. Yes. But how are you going to get there? So the, that sort of system, like, Hey, I need to get in better shape. Yeah. We know how to get in better shape, but you, you know, you need to get in better shape, but how are you going to do it? How are you actually going to get in better shape? Well, you need to eat properly so that you lose some weight and you need to work out and you need to work out in such a way that's specific to survival. If you think that you're a bug out kind of person and you're going to throw a pack on and bug out, then by golly, you need to be on a regular basis, putting a pack on your back and, and rucking with it and getting away with it. Move, see what you can do. Find out what it's like when you have to crawl under a tree or something because something's in your way. What happens when you've got that same pack and you've got to climb up and over something that you didn't expect to be there. So, Get out and work on some specific aspects of those end goals. That way, um, if you if you just look at yourself and go, okay, I need to get in better shape and I need development or I need the development of my leadership skills, then everything gets really muddled up in the middle somewhere. So have that end result. Hey, I want to be at 200, 200 pounds, okay, for example. And right now you weigh 230, let's say, for example. And you've got to lose those 30 pounds. Well, diet alone is probably not going to do it unless you starve yourself. Exercise alone is probably not going to do it unless you're really young. So somebody like, for my example, 
at 50 years of age, I'm going to have to do both and I'm going to have to do both right. And I'm going to be dedicated to it. So it might be that I have a goals and quite frankly, these are some of my goals. Years ago, I set goals that, okay, I'm going to quit drinking soda. And that was about five years ago. And I occasionally will have a soda because I really like a Pepsi with a pizza. But for the most parts, I really don't care for soda at all. I just don't drink them anymore. And I used to drink them all the time. So I set that goal at six months, I'm going to be completely done with soda for the rest of my life. And I set goals incrementally like that until I started to get in better shape and and much more uh, where I needed to be. So again, that's number three. Number one, be realistic. Number two, focus on quality over quantity. Number three, focus on the process over the end result. That whole process, get digging into the process. Number four, Pick skills that will be useful. Man, I see this a lot in survival training. Everybody wants to learn how to do a bow drill. Quite frankly, bow drill is cool. It helps you learn the basics of uh, wood identification and working with wood and using tools. And and when you get a fire, it's, it's not easy to do for most people. And so once you get that fire with a bow drill, it's pretty, it's a, it's a pat on the back kind of moment. It's really exciting. But when it comes to real survival, I'm not going to be dependent upon a bow drill. I'm going to be dependent upon a lighter or a ferro rod or something that's much easier to use. Not something that just sounds cool and looks cool. I want to have some actual mindset skills, tactics, and gear that are actually useful to me. Because quite frankly, I, as somebody that spends a lot of time outside, I have gone outside and just made a bow drill set up from the woods. The first time I ever did it, I got really, I didn't realize how fortunate I got. I actually went out with a knife, one knife, and said, I'm going to make everything, including the cordage, which a lot of people just cheat and use some sort of cordage made from like shoestrings or something like that. But what I did is I actually made the cordage from materials, natural materials, and I made a bow drill fire. And it took me about two hours to go from nothing to having a bow drill set made and uh, a fire. Okay. So that I, I have not been able to do that since in that short a time frame. I've done it before, or I mean, I've done it again since that time, but I've never done it as well. I guess I was really focused. I don't really know, but I just know that there's been a number of times that I've told myself, all right, today I'm going to go do that again. And I'm going to make a fire with a bow drill. I'm going to hand make everything, including the cordage. And I've not been able to do it. It's tough. It's really tough. So just pull a lighter out and make a fire because that works and that works really well. So one more time, be realistic. That's number one. Number two, focus on quality over quantity. Number three, focus on the process over the end result. Number four, pick skills that will be useful to you. And number five, the last one, know your existing strengths. Know what you're good at and be okay with it. Don't let your ego get too involved and make you think you're good at a skill. But when you do a skill, even if it's bow drill fire making, since we were just talking about it, you need to do that until you just can't do it wrong, right? Just keep doing it until you can't do it wrong. I mean, you ha- you do it right every single time. And so recognize what your strengths are. Make sure you learn how to set your ego aside so that your strengths are such that you know what they are and you use them. And also at the same time, if you've got a group of people, you know what your weaknesses are because you don't have strengths in those area and you go, okay, I don't know how to purify water very well. I don't know my edible plants very well. 
and I utilize other people in a team setting or a family setting so I can get everything done. So that's it. That's, that's some goals that I want to give you and some ways to go about you developing your skill. Whether your skill is for survival or your skill is shooting a basketball, it does not really matter to me. But each one of those things are something that you can utilize to help guide and direct your skills practice. Number one, I'll say them last time, be realistic. Number two, focus on quality over quantity. Number three, focus on the process over the end result. Number four, pick skills that will be useful. And number five, know your existing strengths. This has been Craig Cottle, the director of Nature Reliance School and co-host of the Survival Show podcast. Hey, man, check out, guys, gals, everybody out there, check out the Sportsman's Guide. You'll see a link for it down in the description below. Uh, they've come on as a sponsor for the Survival Show podcast. We're incredibly thankful for that. And we look forward to being back with David in the real near future and see what he's been up to. And until then, keep it simple, stay sharp, and be positive. Be positive.